0: Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender. It is Friday, a rare live Friday podcast. Yes, we are doing it today. Uh, just to take your mind off things so uh, uh, of current events, um, depending on which side you're on, it's uh, looking good. Some people are a little anxious and upset, but here in Florida, we are preparing for another tropical storm that may come back. Excuse me, one moment. I have to stop. Well, you know what? I can stop this right here. I had uh, okay. Let me Okay. We could stop that. Okay. Um what uh what was I talking about? Ada. Ada. I'm trying to remember my what is that thing? Uh the uh, alpha beta gamma delta epsilon zeta eta theta and I'm Iota Lambda. I have the internet right in front of me. I should know all that stuff. I think uh, Theta's next and maybe Zeta. But uh, hopefully we don't have that. I got to decide today what what the deal is with um, the the, uh, hurricane shutters. But right now there's a lot of things going on. Just trying to take your minds off it. Hopefully you're listening. I'd like to thank my listeners in Washington, Virginia, and Bozeman, Montana, whoever that is in Bozeman, Montana. Thank you very much. Uh uh Connecticut. Uh, God, Iowa. What am I picking? Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Uh my heart goes out to you guys in Philadelphia. Uh some and Florida listeners, I appreciate it. We're getting a lot of a lot of listeners are from outside the area, so uh, what I wanted to do was i have been messing around with some of these things I wanted to pay uh, a couple clips, but the first one i um I discovered this guy i 'm not a total classical music freak, but i like I do like classical music I like certain styles of it and stuff like that it does i find it uh calming i I like rock too I like Led Zeppelin I like nirvana but uh one uh everyone thinks of the greats of the most, you know, Beethoven's, Mozart's, uh, Tchaikovsky, Brahms, uh, God, Salieri. <laughs> no, no one thinks it's Salieri anymore. But Copeland, at given time, Aaron Copeland, whose family uh, emigrated here from Lithuania, American Jewish family, uh, whose name was... Uh, Originally, in Lithuania, it was Kaplan. But I guess, like a lot of people, my, my uh, relatives, I had, uh, on my mother's side, my, my maternal grandfather, his his last name was Walczek. He was from Hungary. And Walczek, like, uh, uh, well, more so than Walczek, but Lithuania, all these Eastern European countries had a lot of uh, uh, different, You know, different spelling with the letters, and especially uh, Hungarian. Hungarian was a very difficult language. So, what happens when a lot of times they came over here and they spoke to, you know, how many times people are going to see immigration officials coming through and they're doing inspections and health inspections and stuff like that, and a name, asking someone their name. And if they don't have a strong command of the English language, then (laughs) <laughs> You're going to go pretty much. You're admitting papers from wherever you come in. A lot, a lot of people was Ellis Island, but there were other places too. And these officials would fill in what they thought they heard and the closest approximation. And they try to do a good job, but you know, they, you know, you have Lithuanian, you have uh, uh, Hungarian, and uh, supposedly Hungarian is like the most difficult uh, language to have. It doesn't, not. that's a non-judgmental, it's just very difficult because of the, It. I think what happened, and you know what, I'm going to be spouting a, a crazy uh, postulating a theory that the Hungar- Hun- Hungary was settled out in 1000 A.D. Anno Domini after the Common Period, I guess whatever it is, um, by the Magyars, which were a nomadic tribe, and they came out of Central Asia. And what happened there probably is they settled in Eastern Europe, which was predominantly uh, Roman uh, influenced, Greek and Roman influenced, and what they adopted the lettering system similar to the other countries in that region, but has have a lot of alternative, uh, numbers too, uh, letters too. And the language was an Asiatic language converted to similar to sound like a European language, but where you got a hodgepodge, you got a very difficult language. That's not related to the language around it. Like in Poland, you have, you know, we have Polish, but Polish people somewhat understand Russians, uh, Ukrainians, Lithuanian, Latvians, Estonians—they're family of languages, right? But the Hungarian language is far removed from that. It doesn't have a family. It doesn't have a family language around it. Just like French, Spanish, and Italian, Latin-based uh, uh, languages, or German-based languages, which would be German uh, or English is a Germanic language. If you wanted to know. Copeland was Kaplan. He found out later in life. And I'm not going to do a whole history thing on it. I'm going to just tell you about my exposure to him uh, in a good way. Not the kind of exposure that you find you have to call uh, special victims use, uh, unit. Uh, I heard this symphony that was based on, uh, it was at the end of World War II. And Aaron Copeland developed Symphony Number no. 3, developed, wrote, Symphony Number Three, uh, this uh, symbolic of the Allied and American victory over fascism. And um, Aaron Copland, prior to uh, World War Two, right prior, he found most of his fame right at the beginning in the in the thirties and forties. He wrote the music to Our Town. He wrote it to, oh, God, I forgot the one he did. He wrote a ballet called Billy the Kid. Uh, Rodeo was another one of them. And what happened at the time, all these ballets were uh, mainly the music was from Russian composers. And what they, uh, you know, there was some anti-Soviet, anti-Russian feeling, especially before World War Two, and coming slightly after what Copeland. Adopted a lot of American style music with jazz and blues kind of feeling behind it and stuff like that. So if you listen to Our Town, the music in Our Town and these other things that you hear Aaron Copeland did that, you'll notice some of it is really big. Now, let's set the uh, pace. In 1941, it was December 7th. And this is what the president of the United States, the current president of the United States at that time, was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and this is what happened in 1941. Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Now, you hear that and you think, wow, um, that, that was a big moment. I heard that before. Uh, but think of the mentality of people in the United States at the time. Yeah, America was uh, a power at that time, but not necessarily a great power. It was coming beginnings, the beginnings of coming out of the depression. Which has gone on for ten over ten years, and Americans were beaten down like the rest of the world. Uh, uh, there was you know high unemployment, people were on uh, relief, and it was uh, just a devastating time for American history. And then World War II rolls up. Now, America at that point coming out of depression, stuff like that, has a military that's not even in the top 10. Yes, our United States Navy is formidable, but our army is behind that of the European state of Portugal. Portugal. Now, remember, the big uh, armies at that time, you have Germany, you have the Soviet Union, you have Britain, you have Italy, you have the allies of them. You have, you know, I, I'm sorry I didn't met, mention France, but the French resistance, stuff like that. But in 41, the French army was gone. So it was the Germans, and it was right before, um, in 41, was after Barbarossa, Operation Barbarossa, where Germany's invaded the Soviet Union. So you had Britain and the Soviet Union. They're not faring too well. The, 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 the Germans had uh, made incredible gains into Soviet territory. The British had beat back uh, the potential invasion of the United Kingdom. 1941, we have the bombing of Pearl Harbor and the United States is inadequately prepared, but they're starting to get ready. They're starting to get ready. They're starting to prepare themselves. So in 19, uh 42 air and coat now now after that attack of pearl harbor united states you got to think of this in the united states when once they got attacked at pearl harbor the united states used to think they were an island they were secure they didn't have to be concerned about the things that were happening in europe because they got involved in europe back in world war one and they lost a quarter million uh maybe no less than a quarter million about a hundred and Twenty five hundred fifty thousand 50,000 men, if I'm correct, 180,000 men, World War Two. a lot of it was Spanish influenza, but they didn't want to send their youth over there to fight again, because they thought it was a European problem, and, you know, Asia, you know, here, we're mainly, you know, there was some kind of, you know, there was kind of a racial thing where they didn't really give a shit about Asia. Japan and the United States, there was, there were, uh, U S was embargoing oil. Uh, U S had oil and resources and they could restrict, uh, uh, Japan's access to it. So that's why they got attacked on Pearl Harbor. And that was a devastating, uh, defeat for the U S and a lot of Americans. And there was a report written up that, uh, by some of, Roosevelt's uh military advisors and one of the reports stated that they believe that there was they believe that if the empire of Japan made a concerted effort to invade the United States they wouldn't be able to stop them until they get to the Mississippi River the Mississippi River now remember the American West wasn't uh like the east the east was the center of all of, of most manufacturing most most ma- manufacturing the, the the northeast and the, and the and the south and the midwest that was american m- most of american um, industries were in that area and the west just got finished being populated if you think about it california was much smaller arizona uh nevada and all those places were uh just came about, the members of the, you know, became states within the last 40 years. I mean, California was uh, earlier than that, but I'm just saying that some of those southwestern states, you know, in the, in the early 20th century. So, there were territories, and then it became states. So, U.S. had to get their production up and stuff like that, and there was feelings that we were Uh, there were successes all over for the axis you'd hear the Germans doing Germans had practically control of all uh almost all of Europe uh west of the Ural Mountains well Europe is is west of the Ural Mountains but they controlled maybe 80 percent of the land mass maybe not 80 but because there's a lot in Russia but if you think about the big cities the, the the main population centers of Russia were uh Stalingrad, uh, Moscow, Leningrad, they were they were all surrounded and se- under siege by the, the Russians. And here's United States coming up. And we're supposed to say it's going to take a while for us to build up the force that we need and get the command of guy. Eventually, we ended up getting 19 million people uh, in the services, uniformed services, 19 million people out of a... It wasn't a country as big. I think the population at the time was 120 million. Uh, So we've had uh, about one-sixth to one-seventh of our population was in the military. That would be liking it today. Oh, my God, no, that's more than that. That would be, um, gosh, what would that be today if I did uh, uh, 15% of the 45 million people? in the military today under the same population about 40, 40 million that's a lot of people that more than all, most of the military all the militaries combined of the world so Aaron Copeland was uh, in 1942 wrote a, a piece of music that eventually became a part of Symphony Number no. 3 was the Victory uh, Symphony for the end of World War II I mean, i maybe making a blase, but it was it was a symphony written by you know, uh, by this U.S. composer Aaron Copeland. and I'm going to play that for you. So please bear my bear in mind. It's going to be three and a half minutes. If you're a listener, keep in mind what was going on when this was released. This was released in '42. It was not a foregone conclusion. We were not on the mainland of Europe yet. The uh, uh, U.S. They may have been, made some. Uh, uh, they didn't even start making forays into uh, uh, Italy for a couple months and that wasn't going to really be where the big fights going to be the big fight was going to be in France for for uh, the British and the US and the Canadians and everyone uh, you know the expat French So here we go this segment of Symphony for the Common Man is called oh Symphony number three is called fanfare for the common man listen. Okay, I, I still get it, uh, choked up when I hear that. That was dedicated to the U.S. soldiers, sailors, Marines, Coast Guard, Army Air Corps during World War II when we were fighting Nazism and, and Japanese imperialism in the Far East at the same time. Now, we uh, I'm a history buff, and uh, yes, I realize the Soviets – did most of the the dying and fighting in Europe, but the U.S. supplied a lot of the weapons and stuff like that also. And we were fighting a two war front, and we had to ship our people thousands of miles, thousands of miles, where uh, the Soviets fought most of their that battle within uh, 500 uh, miles uh, to it uh, of their border, maybe a uh, uh, 800 miles of their border. Most of it, that's it but we went thousands of miles around the globe and fought on the smallest islands in Pacific and North Africa. Men died in Italy. Uh, Monte Cassino was a big battle where uh, thousands of Americans died. Thousands of Americans died on D-Day. They died uh, when the uh, uh, Germans made a big push uh, during the Battle of the Bulge and that's Christmas in 1944 and uh, when they tried to throw the Allies off the continent one last push uh, the, uh, the U.S. produced at one point we've had uh, manufacturing so many fighter planes and bombers we were out producing uh, the entire Axis by a uh, magnitude of, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a number. Where I'm going to make it low, uh, four to one. Uh, the entire, just the U.S. by itself, and then you had the British and the Soviets and all that stuff. And uh, we had produced up to 100 aircraft carriers. We were now there's escort carriers and all those things. There's small carriers and large carriers, but the U.S. produced that. And at one time they were, we were. Uh, there were multiple ships that were being christened and released at our navy yards. We had navy yards on the east and west coast, and they produced a ton of shipping. We did because we needed those. We needed those ships to fight the war in the Far East, and the U.S. and its uh, its its soldiers and its workers aided that, and that was. Aaron Copeland's love letter to them. And the whole Symphony number no. 3 was written, was a celebration of the U.S. defeating fascism. Let that sink in. That whole symphony was for the U.S. defeating defeat that. Now, at times Aaron Copeland has been accused of being all about the place when he developed his style. But the guy, um, he was a, uh, they called him a liberal and a progressive. So he would have been akin to like, probably like a Bernie Sanders type. Now I popped that on to you afterwards. Here's a Patriot. There were patriotic people fighting all along during World War II. And then. You know, you had the McCarthy hearings and stuff like that when they were hunting down communists and stuff like that. And yeah, they, the Soviet Union was a, a bad place, but it was more of a dictatorship back then. And we thought that we were fighting another dictatorship, okay, when we fought the fascists first time. Let it sink in some more. Now, 70 years later, 80 years later, 75 years later, you hear Aaron Copeland and you sounds like Field of Dreams. They come out. You know, people will come. You know, things like that in the background. This is like one of those, I think James, the composer is James Horner uh, who composed the music to Field of Dreams. But when you hear something big like uh, those horns and stuff like that, when you hear, uh, God, who was it? John... Uh, the guy that wrote the theme to Superman and Star Wars and all those music. Their, the granddaddy of them was Aaron Copeland. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing when I listen I get all choked up. And uh, since, you know, this whatever's going on, I know I told you i take this off, but I did not talk about what's going on right now. So there we go. It's hard to segue after something like that, isn't it? And I'm sure a lot of you probably turn, well, I'm not going to, I'm addressing people that aren't here anymore, but, uh, th- that is what happened. So now we're going to rem- reminisce and stuff like that about some old stuff and old, uh, about, oh, I guess it would be three years ago, melons and cucumbers answer and Hooters. McDonald's fish sandwich in the keys. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's something. When you see when you drive down the road. Here, I know this is a ham handed thing. This is we're done with the smalty stuff. How in the fuck does McDonald's sell a fish sandwich in the Florida Keys? You can literally see the ocean from the McDonald's and order a filet of fish sandwich. And think, while you're eating that filet of fish sandwich, I wonder what kind of fish this is. (laughs) Yeah. And you're guessing. You know, someday it won't be fish. You know, it's in the future and stuff like that. It just won't be fish. There may not be any fish left. You know, or they're going to have to be farmed. Farmed fish. Yeah. Um, Confessions out of here. Screwing in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, Oh, I guess this is back... Episode 80. And this was with uh, we're talking about some of the things people come down to the Keys and they think, oh, well, this is kind of like I guess the Florida Keys is the upper middle class version of the good life living free free and caring. you know you got Jimmy Buffett you got water you got this drinking in the daytime you know uh, drink, uh what was it a drinking town with a fishing problem they call Key Largo but uh, and it's not just people that vacation down here it's people that come down and live in Miami and stuff like that and they just do things and uh one time I was just recounting uh this is Key Largo not Key West there's a distinct uh, uh characteristic that's different in the Upper Keys versus Key West, and it's not because the people. Uh, we can argue all the time that the people are different and stuff like that. It's just a higher concentration in Key West, and it's more of a party town because you have Duval Street. And here in the Keys, it's uh, northern Northern Keys, Key Largo especially. We're spread out. You know, we we uh, we're a decent sized town for the Keys. We're you know a third the size of uh, uh, of Key West population-wise, maybe even less. And uh, you don't see this stuff. Now, the thing I'm going to relate to you, it was uh, one day, I'm working at the companion restaurant of this fish house, and I'm at the Encore, and it was a fine dining establishment in Key Largo. It's no longer open. And There was a group of, all of a sudden, everyone noticed all the servers. And there was a high, uh, at the fish house, there was a, you know, maybe a little more than 50% of the servers were male. And the managers were all looking out the side window at a couple that was screwing on top of the car, fucking on top of the car. Yeah. And then broad daylight, in the broad daylight. Not in the back parking lot, not uh, in the side parking lot, where you can see it from the road. And I don't know if it was a summer or, but I just realized, you know, that's not going to. I mean, I'm all for free love and stuff like that, but I really don't want that going on in the daylight where kids can ride by on a bike and stuff like that. Just that's, I don't want them to learn of sexuality by people screwing or fucking on top of a, a PT cruiser. Because back then I think there was a lot of PT cruisers because they were unsold and it was a rental, but I'm not suggesting it. you, how could you do it on a PT cruiser? Because you got the big fucking hump in the front and you got, it's kind of a, a van and a truck thing to it. But, um, yeah. And and it was funny, the managers watching and eventually he said, You gotta fucking go up and stop that thing. Just go out there and say, say I'm sorry to interrupt, but you gotta stop fucking, you know. i will be like this, excuse me. Take that penis out of that woman as I speak, you know, and put it in your pants. And uh that's just you know, if you were at a like a community and an old adult resort and that's allowed and it's in a house if you had an orgy at a swingers party that's a lot of shit like that down here we do just talk about that um okay and i guess back then i said uh, space travel and the future of space travel belongs to short people of short stature yes i said it mark my words uh yeah you know, I, I just see these big spaceships where you got these extra room and stuff like that. Think of a spaceship like a budget apartment in Manhattan. OK, you got a budget because you got a light budget. You got a light budget for air and and this and that. So for the near future, the only people you can fit in is small people because you, you just want to make it small as possible. You're going to make the ceiling small, too. You're not going to have seven foot ceilings. So if you're going to have long space travel and stuff like that, you better get someone that can stand inside your small, extra small thing. So that's mine. Okay. Exposed to South and North Carolina, fire off a pistol into a cornfield. Okay. I don't know what the fuck that has to do with anything. Okay. Episode beer and fireworks. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Brazilian beach body wax. Red Bull gives you wings. Good racist reason. Hootie, Oprah, Steve Harvey. Kanye? Good racist. I don't get it. Oh, who do they see as good people? If you're a racist, they, they got a limited amount of people of color that they like. And one was Hootie, uh, or whatever the guy's name is now, Oprah Steve Harvey and Kanye. I don't know if they're like Oprah still. So that may be thing. They may fucking hate them. Um, okay. Mud sticks. This. It all depends. And, uh, demonstrate. What's the craziest battle of the uh, battle of the bonkers? Oh. Okay. Uh, Brazilian. Brazil. Belgium. Crying worse than a Civil War soldier getting his leg cut off. Okay, Lady 5 to 10 past her prime. Uh, Sunlight. Uh, I have no idea what these notes. I, you got to remember, I was drinking at that time. But the notes are horrendous. My handwriting, i have been told before, my handwriting is horrible. And episode 85, Southern Society, sweet tea, barbecue, grits, moonshine, and rebel flags. Yes. Yes, there's still a lot of that shit going on. And uh, said it was a bus accident. Oh, I had a friend. Oh, this was a good episode. Do you remember a couple of years back? I think it was three years back. When the soccer team from Thailand got stuck in a cave. Now. What what happened is, if you're not familiar with the story, is that these I think they were on some kind of field trip or something, but it was a soccer team of young kids, you know, from, you know, 11 to 14 years old, something like that, and their coach. And they go into a cave, and a downpour occurs. And what happens, it's the beginning of the rainy season or something. They got into an area that was uh, relatively accessible. And then when the water came in, they lost, they, they couldn't leave. They lost their exit. So they were down there for a couple weeks, I think they were sending they were sending food in and shit like that. You know, hoping that people. Oh, so I mentioned this to a friend of mine. I won't say her name is. But um, being stuck in a cave. And she she asked, was it a bus accident? Let that sink in. Was it a bus accident? How the fuck would that happen? a bus accident, you know, veering off the side of the road, falling down, falling off the side of the road, crawling into a cliff, into the cliff, bus floating down in know, water seeping, something, they finally get out in the dry spot and they're stuck. Uh, and she went, but this is all going through my head in a second. I just looked at her, nodded, and I said, no, I think it was a plane crash. I like that answer. It was when, uh, she'll be a great, uh, if she ever decides to podcast should be great at doing interpretations and stuff like that. I think it's um, I think it's good to have people on there. It's just that you got to be aware that it's the only person's uh, opinion. This is my opinion. So you shouldn't always automatically accept my opinion. You should go and do research for yourself. And when I say research, get it from multiple places. Don't get it from fucking Alex Jones or Rush Limbaugh. That's not multiple places. That's two the same places. I try to change it up and get non, what would you call judgmental sources, textbooks, articles from different places and things like that. Okay? Okay. See, tripping on acid or a final mechanic. A regular came in and tells me he gets paid by the job. The man, job, better, uh, how many, okay. Uh, colonoscopy. Oh, my God. What a horrible. Why the fuck would I talk about colonoscopy? Okay. I guess, what, three years ago, the girls, I was doing shows, and the girls are still in Poland. Oh, that's, I hate them. I hate it when they're away. I really do. And then I talked about, what, we see lotion on its skin. We are a community. Nine, episode 95. Oh, I wrote a lot. In episode 95. Group of three, two men and women. And 50, 60 women goes on the floor. One hour about her niece. Still stealing possessions from her father. She was revenge paper. Her small. Oh, yeah, this woman uh, calling her sister a whore and a stripper and her niece a thief. At the mention of whore, my ears perked up. Because the lady was going off telling these stories. Two men, one woman. I remember this. Ah. Yeah, and she goes, at the mention of whore, it's just funny when you hear things, you know, sex, this, anal, Boobs, tits, something. Um, You just, at the bar, it is the dog whistle for certain bartenders. And I guess that's where your mind is. But she, at the mention of that, she mentioned to talk about cutting her sister out of her father's will. And one of the guys said, you can't do that. When a guy says, yeah, oh, because it's not, she's not. How do you cut someone out? her father passed away. Then she says out loud that her father was just a sperm donor and would dump his ashes down the sewer. Oh, okay. Several regulars were present. And listen, uh, one being, uh, uh, she ends up talking about, I turned to my regular and said, oh, she's one of yours. Okay. I was going to ask her to tell her story to me. And I thought, again, asked the woman do you know what a podcast is she goes what is a podcast what's a podcast and i said okay well thank you patricia oh yeah so yeah i guess that was the end of that and uh episode 95 plus was that 95 coming your way today 330 blah 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 what Oh, black this is how i was doing my episodes of blackwater siren um two strange things guys the supermarket kept on standing there same area where i had to just up a leave the other side of the market, me arriving in his base down going down my list walks into Simon one hour the monkey boy hanging at the bar daughter okay, I have no idea what that is how's that a strange thing hmm. I guess this guy came up sit, standing next to me and stuff like that at the supermarket at publix, and uh then he was at. The Blackwater Siren, where I was doing my podcast, when I was doing my show from different bars. That's interesting. Uh, went up, okay. Uh, wait, oh, I'm talking about my daughter's first day of school, fifth grade. It was up to fifth grade. She was nervous starting a new school. I told her my sixteen school. Oh, yeah, I went to sixteen schools before I went to high school. And so it was. She, my daughter, was nervous about going to class on her uh, first day. Of, I think it was fifth grade and we were, she was going to a new school. And even though there were a lot of kids that she knew from her previous school in the upper grades, she was out of her element. And that's really, you know, it's just really a nervous thing to do to show up at a place that no one knows you, but it's also kind of liberating because you think about it. If no one knows you, you could be whoever you want. And uh, you could be a better version of yourself, which, you know, you should. Oh, who's to say what is better version? But I'll tell you what a better version. Better version is being more truthful, uh, having somewhat healthy habits, healthy relationships, not being mean spirited, being supportive of your friends. And uh, that's pretty much a better person. There's other things. I know there's other things going to it, but every day you wake up, you have an opportunity for that. And I'm going to finish the show with that. Every day we wake up, every moment of every day, we have an opportunity to be a better person. And we can think about the things. We can think about the things we say about people. We can reevaluate. We can get outside of the uh, manic Groupthink of our immediate groups, and be less mean and hateful, be a little more giving and understanding. And I think that that way of life is probably, in general. I mean, if you're a, a Christian, it sounds like that's the way you should go. I mean, unless you're following a different type of Jesus, you know, the Jesus where you. You, you know, you, you you if someone isn't supposed to be here that you take, to, you know, separate the kids and put them in a cage and blah, 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 and do all that stuff. So that's a different Jesus because Jesus uh, doesn't hate foreigners. You know I mean, he tells stories and parables about them. And once again, we are at the um, mercy of people who interpret things the way they want to interpret them. And it's good for them. Well, this episode, you no, know, it started kind of, you know, solemn at the beginning and stuff like that. But we, you know, talked about a little fucking in a parking lot and, uh, and stupid shit, uh, short people going into space. Uh, yeah, I, I rarely, rarely get a chance to revisit those things. I usually do it on anniversary shows, but I didn't do it this time. I figured this would be a good time to do it. And I'd like to thank you for listening. If you're still listening, please share the show with your friends send me an email at jim, uh, jim at keys com. that's my email if you have any suggestions or anything like that uh, no hate speech you know everyone has a suggestion say hey Jim why don't you have your guests back well what happens harder to do it at home people are kind of anxious right now so I figure i do this and talk about it and if you think that I have a veiled message then I'm sorry but that's the message I have remember let's let's sign off instead of signing off with the keys bartender let's sign off with the fanfare for a common man at a time it was you know think, think about it when when all things not all things were good, there was still racism and injustice in the United States you know voting wasn't a universal um thing there were poll taxes and restrictions and people couldn't eat everywhere they wanted to or shop everywhere or live everywhere they wanted to or marry uh there were misogyny laws (laughs) which is funny misogyny laws in the United States where white people could not marry black people and things like that and uh that's but but the spirit of sacrifice by everyone in the United States that's the good part that's the good part. Try to remember the good part. Remember the great things we did. The great things we did. That's World War II, civil rights, universal education, the space program, uh, God, the Peace Corps. All those things. are Even if you wanted to get, be kind of hawkish, we defeated a whole... Uh, another superpower without firing a nuclear weapon. That's pretty amazing. So this is it. We're going to sign off with Fanfare for the Common Man. And then I'll uh, say goodbye. Oh, I am saying goodbye right now. Thank you.